Help me understand. Uh, we, we understand that this is not a particularly unusual arrangement for, for people in political office, in elective office, that, that once elected, uh, you, you take such money as you have. Uh, if you hadn't done it already, you put it in the hands of people other than yourself. Blind trust, it's sometimes called. Tell us what you had and tell us what you've done. Well, Tim, uh, thanks for asking that question, because I think it's important that we get the, the, the facts out there. Uh, this story initially ran as a result of a, of a left-wing blog that made this um, attack completely not fact-checked or based on anything that is true. So, uh, as you may know, I served in the financial services industry for over two decades. And as a result of that service, my husband and I had long separated ourselves from any decisions in our stock portfolios, making those uh, kind of buy and sell decisions. And um, when we looked at uh, the requirements under Senate ethics, we realized that it exceeded the requirements because many in Congress still directly trade in in their own accounts. Um, We looked at uh, the compliance level because our goal is to always over-comply um, and, and we did meet that standard in terms of overcomplying, having third parties manage these trusted advisors that um, do that day-to-day so that we can do our jobs day-to-day. And uh, that's what I went to Washington to do. I've been completely focused on serving Georgia since day one, have lots of results for just three months in the Senate, and, um, and eager for everyone to look at this out in the, the bright light of facts so that they can see I had no involvement in any transactions. And in fact, if you look at the portfolio, it was not positioned, now that I can look at it, uh, for any kind of a market decline. All right. So that said, uh, and we'll stipulate all of that, that said, why make the move you made this week? Well, look, good question. Uh, This transparency, which I think is is the is the right thing people want to see information but it was being abused for a political attack and it was being used as a weapon against me cherry picking dates cherry picking stocks and uh these were decisions i didn't make had no involvement in were not decisions i would have made had i been involved if i thought something was coming as you know and and your listeners know this administration has been very transparent with what we know And our medical leaders, like Dr. Fauci, uh, Dr. Redfield, they have shared what they know in real time about this developing situation with the coronavirus. Um, And so I think we have to remember um, this has been one of the most transparent discussions of the evolution of this virus. But as we left January, there were two Americans that had it, and that was only the result of international travel. So, look... We, we are in a very different place today, a place that I hope we get out of very quickly as a country. That's been my focus. I've been working nonstop, not just on helping create uh, elements of the CARES Act, but deliver and execute on it. To, prompt, to deliver on the promises we made with that relief for Georgians. Senator Kelly Leftman with us here. Right, let's move on then. I, I, I just used an analogy a moment ago uh, that occurred to me, the state of our economy right now. There will be those occasions where, and the pilot, he doesn't want to do it, but he has to put that plane in a dive to save the plane, the assumption being that before the plane crashes, he'll pull out of the dive. Isn't it about time to start pulling out of the nosedive? Oh, it's an important question, Tim. I was on the on the phone yesterday with a number of uh, my colleagues, uh, with uh, p- members of the t- uh, task force, uh, the vice president, Secretary Mnuchin, 
everyone is looking at this. We have to make sure, first of all, Americans are safe and that we don't overwhelm our front lines, who I just want to take a moment to thank the doctors, nurses, first responders, those keeping our grocery stores open and stocked, truck drivers, people who are in the in the process of keeping this economy going. So we have to make sure we keep each other safe. Uh, but I couldn't agree more. We've got to find a way to restart the engine and, and get back to the business of, of, of our jobs, our schools, our churches, our gatherings, our restaurants that we miss so much. How do we do that, though? And let's talk about what has been done so far and what is left to do. I begin with what is undone at this moment. The package for the small businesses, I understand it, held up in the House primarily by Democrats who have some of their own agenda items to pursue. What, if anything, is going to happen with this? Well, we've got to get more relief passed for small businesses. Small businesses employ over half of our workforce in America. So every hour that that additional relief is delayed, it costs small businesses $3.5 billion. So we just need to get politics out of the way. This is something I spoke on the Senate floor about continuously through this process, that the media and Congress needs to stop playing politics with the coronavirus just as they did with this alleged stock sale, this is playing politics. There's no room for that in a public health crisis. We are in a war, warlike situation, and we need to come together as Americans and do what's right. There will be time for politics later. It's not the moment right now. Well, that said, uh, my head spins after a while with all the numbers out there and the projected numbers out there. We went into this with about, I don't know, $23 trillion in national debt. By the time we're done with this, uh, we may have added another 2 3 $4 trillion to that. That clearly is not sustainable, is it? It's not. And that's why I'm advocating to deliver on the promises we made through the CARES Act $2.2 trillion, about 10% of last year's GDP. But when you think about the magnification effect of the banking system, the Fed's recent moves, it's probably more like half of last year's GDP being at the aid of this recovery. Let's implement that. Let's give it a few weeks for the cash to get into the hands of families and businesses. And then we can turn back to saying what more needs to be done, because we can't bankrupt our country in the process. And that's why, to your point, we need to get back to work as soon as we can. I saw this just a moment ago. I think it was J.P. Morgan or somebody projecting. This This boggles the mind. I can't even get my mind around this, Senator Kelly Leffler. I think it was J.P. Morgan projecting a 20 percent unemployment rate for April. I mean, that, that's that. Well, Go ahead. Yes. Yes, that's certainly uh, staggering. It's unprecedented. Uh, hopefully this is temporary. We just saw... Um, 6 million additional uh, unemployment claims. So now we're upwards of 17 million initial unemployment claims in our country. But if we can make this as temporary as possible, I know that we can manage through this with the relief that's out there. But this is really where, you know, every American has a role to play in that. And you asked earlier, how do we come back from this? It's the measures that we're taking now. It's shelter in place, social distancing, wearing masks and gloves. Let's stop the spread so that we can get back to work and limit the economic damage 
and limit the stress on our health care system so that we can treat all Americans. Talk about the health care aspect of this quickly and in closing, Senator Kelly Leffler. I saw this just a moment ago, and it, it, intuitively it doesn't surprise me uh, that we now seem to be seeing, uh, we, we get the news we get out of California, we get the news we get out of New York, uh, and encouraging news on a lot of fronts in both those places, both those coasts, but we're now seeing a spike in the Midwest. I, I think to myself that on a certain level makes sense. It reached the coast first, right? It comes in from Asia to the West Coast. It comes in from Europe to the East Coast, and now it begins to find its way to the middle of the country. I wouldn't think we should be too surprised by that. But that seems to be what was expected in the models. Um, hopefully we've learned enough by by this point that we can certainly enact those measures to stop, to stop the spread and that the supply chain has built back up in terms of PPE, ventilators and respirators and masks. That's something I'm working on uh, intently because this is what we can do to, to respond immediately. So my heart really goes out to those that are, are fighting this now on a new front. And um, really, you know, my focus remains making sure Georgia stays, stays safe and, and strong. And finally, quickly, in less than 30 seconds here, but Senator Kelly Leffler and the WNBA's Atlanta Dreams, Kelly Leffler, any sense at all as to whether we get sports in, and specifically the WNBA again soon? Well, Tim, it is tough not to have sports right now. I know that's what our country turns to, to unite our, our people and, and get behind, whether it's the underdog or the dream team. I am really uh, focused on, on making sure that we get our country back for those uniting moments. Um, it's not clear when we can gather again for sports. And uh, I just have really enjoyed watching Coach Smart, Kirby Smart, his ideas around how we use what we learned in this uh, health crisis to, to make ourselves better and stronger, Senator, whether that's as a country or sports. Uh, Senator Kelly Leffler, we'll leave it there. Happy Easter. Stay safe. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, Tim.